Disobedient, my little deviant. Together we will find the right ingredient. We will stir the goop that is the horror soup. And the last thing you will find is a spaghetti hoop. There's eyes and flies and anything that dies. There's a nasty surprise in every Patreon updates before we get into the show. The stickers I said I would send out to all the Patreon donators in the celebration of hitting the $500 a month are here. They're being sent out. Where uh, Shit, where are they? Oh, they're across from me. I was going to show them off to the video version that's on Patreon, but I can't. Um, but they're all here. So thank you guys. Uh, thanks is deserving to all of you. And also, we're almost at 100 donators uh, since I started talking about all this stuff, which is pretty crazy. That's a dream. Damn. Thank you guys. That's fucking awesome. We're already like we just passed the 500 and we're almost at 600 now. So on our way to the 750 goal. Pretty uh good stuff. Thanks guys. Let's do it. So head up Patreon.com/slash/horrorsoup for early access to episodes. Literal tons of bonus episodes. I mean like there's already like hundreds and I put out like what probably more than 10 a month. This is a challenge. This is this is me as a guest issuing a challenge. I'm James by the way for audio <laughs> listeners. Hi James. Uh, <laughs> this is me issuing a challenge. I I honestly don't think that I've ever seen a single person on Patreon at least provide as much content as you do specifically. Just saying. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some great ones out there. I'm not saying there's not. Look, he's not saying but... you guys suck, but if anyone wants to fight me, meet me in the fucking alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, there's a lot of shit on there. You you put a lot of shit on there. So also on Patreon, we have a new movie theme for the month. All right, you guys ready? You guys ready? I think I'll actually... Pro- no, I, I think this will be the episode I'm announcing it on. You might see it on Patreon already Like by the time this is coming out. But I'm announcing it now. Hey, you guys ready? Drum roll you sound ready? effect. Drum roll I, sound I don't, effect. I don't, have, I don't have any of that stuff hooked up. <laughs> John Bonham. You know, and John Bonham just has like 20-minute drum solos. Ba-ding! Yeah. Ba-ding. Um, <laughs> the fuck is going on? <laughs> trying to get you to announce whatever the fuck you're going to announce, bro. The theme of this month is 80s movies. You guys know I fucking love 80s movies. You better give me some good shit. I feel like in 80s, like it, when it comes to 80s stuff, it's hard to go wrong, but you guys better give me some crazy shit. You know I love outlandish movies, ridiculous stuff, oh, and 80s has all of that. That's why we're doing... A movie from, uh, what was this? 1980. 1980. Right now. And it's filled with right now. 80s goodness. So, uh, yeah, go and submit your favorite 80s horror movie. We'll all vote on our favorites in a couple weeks. And, uh, yeah, that's the stuff. And real quick, thank you to Anthony Saldana, Valentina Martinez, Natty Flo, and Sydney Kate on Patreon. All the new donators. You guys are appreciated. You guys are the ones bringing me up, getting me going. You good peoples. Super job. You good peoples, guys. You know that? You know that? The best I want to tell you right now, from me to you, from you to me, from this place to that place around here over there, you good peoples. Yep. So anyway, let's talk about uh, Altered <laughs> States. So here's the thing. We've been talking about 
wanting to cover this movie for probably like three, four months now. It's been a while. It's been like a long time in the making. I'm pretty sure at one point you promised me that we were covering this movie and then we never did. I did, and there were very specific reasons that we didn't. I think I got, like, bombarded with Patreon picks, like, right after. So I was like, <laughs> dude, I don't know how we're going to do this and get all of these done without us dying. <laughs> so we kind of had to just move on. And we forgot about it for a while, and we started talking. Uh, there was, I think it was on Underworld. We specifically said we were co- going to cover some movie the next week. And then when we in- when we got back together and we were like, okay, mm. what was the movie? I went back and I listened to it, and now I forget oh, what really? it Oh, really? <laughs> I did it. I did. I, have n- I went back and listened to it. <laughs> I have no idea what that movie was. I can't remember. Veronica. I think it was Veronica. No, it wasn't. Oh, wait. Oh, that wasn't going to be a main thing then. Were we just talking about doing the Patreon episode for Veronica? I think because so. Because that's going to be a Patreon episode, because that's the one that I have the notes for. I wrote notes for it like... A year ago, I forgot I had the notes, and I found them, and I was like, oh, we should probably do Veronica then. Yeah, and I like that movie. I fucking hate that movie. So I guess I'd, I'd be due for a rewatch, because I think I gave it, like, half a star. I, like, dis... It was a really cool smoking blind nun in there. Oh, dude, I really hated that movie so much. Like, I was so <laughs> pissed. I, re- I reread some of my notes, too, and it was just me being, like, fucking angry that I watched that movie. I mean, it does have a nice dose of paranormal activity in it, but it's fine. It just, like, I don't know, Paco Plaza has this thing where everything he does is some kind of paranormal, and sometimes I like it, but sometimes he just goes way overboard or way underboard, and I feel like somehow Veronica was both. I didn't even know that was Paco Plaza. (laughs) Yeah, the same dude that did Wreck. Yeah, fuck, man. That's awesome. That makes me like it even more. I thought it was going to make me like him more because I liked him. And then I watched that movie and I was like, oh, so you do have a piece of shit out in the world. Yeah, maybe he just knows how to do one thing because Veronica's very, very similar to Wreck. It's the same fucking movie. It's, it's just a lot much, worse. It's pretty much the same movie. It's just like so much worse. Like, I like Wreck, <laughs> but that shit's so bad. But anyway, we're not talking about Wreck. No. We're not talking about Veronica, but I guess we no. were going to talk about Veronica. We'll still do that. Because that's something we're going to do either way. I actually want to do that like this month, so that's fine. But we couldn't remember what we were going to cover is the point. And then I finally remembered, oh, hey, Altered States. Oh, hey, you owe me Altered States. I kind of felt like I owed myself Altered States, too. Because I I almost feel like I wanted to watch this more than you did. And I just like made you want to watch it as much as I did. You were really amped about that trailer. Dude, what I I don't even remember the trailer that much, but I do remember watching it and being like, I had like so much serotonin. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> and also, like now that I'm thinking about it, dude, that trailer did not set me up for what was about to happen. Oh no, <laughs> no, it did not. This movie had so many twists and turns, and I also found out we're not going to talk about it to the very end, but I have been looking for this movie for 15 years. <laughs> legitimately i have been looking for this movie for 15 years because there's one scene in this movie and it's at the very end that i was always watching i saw it in like another pop culture thing that we'll get yeah. to later and i was like dude what the f- what is that movie from what this is the craziest shit i've that? ever seen and the <laughs> second it popped up on the screen on this i freaked the fuck out it like it hit me immediately. This is the movie. This is the movie I've been looking for for so long. I'm excited for that. So it's starring a young William Hurt. Did we did we say what? Yeah, we said Altered States like many times. Um, a young William Hurt, Blair Brown, 
Bob Balaban, who I didn't know directed Parents with Randy Quaid. Did you know that? No. Have you seen Parents? I don't think so. Okay, well, Parents is pretty crazy. I feel like a fair amount of people listening to this probably know it or have heard of it at some point. I think it's like 89? That sounds about right to me in my head. I think it's 89. Starring Randy Quaid, it's about just... It is 89. Oh, yeah, I know that cover. Bob Balaban directed that. (laughs) And he has not directed much else. And that movie is actually pretty fucking good. Like, it's not, like, the best in the world, but, like, it's definitely very entertaining. It has, like, kind of like a... You know, just like in the beginning of Natural Born Killers, where it's very, like, comical and weird, and, like, it's just uh, a chick with her parents and whatnot. God, I just didn't look into anything, like, this deep in the movie. Bob Balaban, he's an actor. Yeah, Bob Balaban, you've seen him in many things. I've seen him in so many things. Yeah, anyone listening, if you don't recognize the name, look up the dude real quick and look at his face, and you've definitely seen him in many things. I mean, I think he has, like, near 200 credits, right? Wow. Yeah. I mean, this guy's in everything. Honestly, though, every time I remember seeing him, I remember him seeing, or I remember seeing him very bald. So it was really weird right. seeing him with a lot of hair in this. I didn't recognize him at first until I looked it up, and I was like, "Okay, wait, but who is he in this?" And then I was like, "This guy." And I'm like, "Oh, you had hair at a point. You had hair." Jeez. Drew Barrymore before her role in ET. Yeah. I mean, how old was she in this? Like four, probably. She's so tiny and she's so adorable, dude. She was the cutest kid. Some kids are just are just cute. Some people are just cute as kids. I wasn't like that. I was an ugly kid. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a pr- pretty ugly adult, but I feel like I was a much uglier kid. I think I was a fairly cute kid. I was fat though, <laughs> which really doesn't like stay in line with like how the rest of my life went. <laughs> I was I was a very skinny kid. Actually. Yeah, dude, I was a fat baby. Like I was a thick boy. I had jelly rolls. I didn't I didn't get fat until much later in life. Yeah, I just lost all of it immediately. It was like, oh, you have it for like three weeks or something. Or, no, I guess it was like the first couple years of my life. But it was like once I started growing into like a person that could like speak and stuff, it was like, all right, let's, let's shed some of those pounds, buddy. Son of a bitch. Lost all of it. But Drew Barrymore, that was kind of one of the biggest reasons we wanted to watch this too. Like, I mean, plot of it, you know, the whole sensory deprivation tank thing and everything else seemed interesting. And we were interested mm-hmm. by the trailer and the Ken Russell thing because we – we got notified of this movie. I mean, I guess not notified because we notified ourselves, but we became aware of this after we covered Lair with a White Worm, and then we found Ken Russell's, uh, I think maybe it might have been The Devils first. We started looking into that, and then we found Altered States. We're like, oh, Drew Barrymore's in this, and it's this other guy who made this weird, surreal-ass vampire snake movie, so let's check it out. And I thought Drew Barrymore was going to be like more in this, but I also didn't really pay attention to the fact that this was from 1980 when I checked it out and that she would be four. I was like, right. oh yeah, Drew Barrymore is going to be in this. Sick. I remember from the trailer thinking that she was like a star. <laughs> like the main character. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that because I don't know if I we thought just she did... was going to get in the sensory deprivation tank at some point. I thought she was like That's nothing about what the movie's about. Nothing. Not even close. <laughs> I thought she was going to be like a scientist that was like overlooking the people going in the <laughs> tank or something like that. Like, like I knew she was a kid but i thought she was gonna be like a child star you know but no i thought she was like her and firestarter but no i think i just either didn't know or didn't pay attention to the fact that it was from the 80s and i didn't i didn't put it together nope yeah and then the second i started the movie and then i you know looked at the year i was like wait (laughs) drew barrymore was 
how young was she in this? Like, she's definitely not in this movie. And then I saw her, like, as, like, a baby, basically, in this. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So you're in the movie for two seconds, but it's fine. (laughs) She has two scenes, but, you know. Yeah, so she would have been five. She was five? Wow. Yeah, four, maybe four at the time of filming. Yeah, I was going to say in 1980, so she could have been three to four. Right. God, that's crazy. She was very, very young. Yeah, and she was only in two TV movies before this, which I don't remember what they were. I don't really care, but, mm. you know. Uh, so this was written by Patty Shevesky. Yeah, that has to be how it's pronounced. Patty Shevesky, directed by Ken Russell. Funny story there. So there's going to be this whole thing. We're going to explain it more later. You know what? You know what? Actually, I'll just get into the Patty and the Ken Russell stuff when we start to talk about the dialogue and, like, the pacing of this. We'll get it, It'll happen sure. really soon because it's, like, early on the movie. But anyway, the budget was just shy of $15 million and the box office was just shy of $20 million, which makes me sad because this was incredible. It's an incredible movie. I don't see it even, even being released today. I don't see it doing well at the box office. No. You know what? I, it, this feeds into a point that I'll make later on. If they would have, like, I feel like you could have cut this movie into, like, four or five different movies. And if it would have been advertised as something different than it was advertised, it might have been done better at the box office. Yeah, like, maybe if they put, like, like if they made the advertisements a little more hairy. Yep. You know what I mean? I think it would have done better at the box office if the advertisements were a little more hairy. Even if it had a different name. That implied the hairiness. But honestly, though, I, like, not knowing about the hairiness. It was amazing. And and it just (laughs) popping up and happening. And, like, the fact that it, you know, I mean, there were no (laughs) hints about it. There were no No, hints. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Finally happened. I screamed. (laughs) Screamed at the top of my fucking lungs, dude. Like, it could not have been a better reaction. Like, I wish I had a camera just sitting there recording my reaction and watching this movie because I went through so many highs and lows, like emotional and physical highs and lows. I think I, like, vomited from excitement. I don't know, dude. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this... I, I think that I this is a sci-fi movie with some body horror elements which i think that you could pick that up from the trailer not necessarily the body horror but it would make sense um but the part of the movie that was not capitalized on look i don't even want to say any more about it because i (laughs) want this to be as exciting for the people who haven't like watched the movie and are just listening to this because it's so fucking crazy dude we've done we've done really good i don't at not really giving away Oh, God, I love this movie so much. It had an 85% by critics on Rotten Tomatoes, a 71% from the audience, and a 6.9 on IMDb, which, you know, fares pretty good. Not too bad. It's fine. It's bullshit. Audience score, especially on Rotten Tomatoes, should be higher. Guys, fucking upvote the shit out of this movie. Yeah, the IMDb rating is what really makes me mad. I'm like, 6.9? That's not right. That's not right. This is like an 8 and up, for sure. I was going to say, it it needs to at least be 7. Like, like putting it at 6.9, it's a crime. Um, yeah, because it's yeah. like you're saying this movie's what, like a fucking, like, like a three or something, maybe? Like, Ugh. Ugh. it's not a three. This is no. not a three. I can say that right now. Why? Right? We can say that. Oh, yes. It is not a three. Oh, okay. So let's just get into this. I love this okay. movie. Okay. 
<laughs> the opening kind of makes you feel like you're in a super old submarine, like you're in the inside of it, but there's a guy in the water with a fishbowl on his head, like staring this, like, at you through the other side man. of the window. <laughs> Why does he look so terrible? He looks so terrible in these shots. So much so that I didn't realize it was William Hurt. He... Yeah. And like later on, I was like, oh, wait, you're that old turtle man that was in the tank that did they use a body, a different person? Like what? Yes. So I caught that like maybe five minutes. No, probably not five. Like when he cut when he got out and then, you know, started like, you know, moving around. I was like, OK, so that was him. But like right. the second watch was the only time that I fully understood the whole time. I was like, oh, that's him. And I was looking at him and I saw his features. I was like, OK, I get it now. Like that makes sense. But the first time I watched it, I was so fucking confused. I just thought it was some fat old man. I thought it was Michael Phelps. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we're on different sides of this whole thing. <laughs> also, can we can we talk about this is when it's introduced? Because we go into the sensory multi- deprivation tank multiple times. That's the, wor- the words I was trying to say. Um, so they always do like the same three or four camera angles for those scenes. Yes. And one of them is like they put the camera at the bottom of the tank. And they're shooting up straight into his crotch. And he's wearing like this diaper harness. Thing. Yeah, because he's wearing so many things. And there's a whole monologue by um, Mr. Uh, fuck, what was his name again in this? Rosenberg. Uh, that's uh, Bob in this. Mr. Mister Bob, director of parents. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, he's Rosenberg. Um, he's doing this whole monologue. And he's like, yeah, I can't imagine it's like, you know, too comfortable. But the isolation is very effective. 23 tested. Uh, only two found it uncomfortable. A few students hallucinated. And then you look at him and you're like, you're saying a little uncomfortable? <laughs> this, this looks terrible. He looks like a robotic bubble boy with like some like fucking in Stranger tiny swimmer things, goggles on. They made this, the sensory deprivation thing look like, oh, man, I wonder if I could like try that out sometime. They made it look like you could just lay in a pool. Lay in a pool with some darkness. <laughs> right, right. Then I watch this and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You got to do a lot more, it seems like. There's a lot There's a lot going on there. And there's like <laughs> electrodes, but he's also in the water, so that concerns me. I don't like that. Why are there wires in water? Yeah, I guess their side of it is different, though, because they're not just doing sensory deprivation. They're also experimenting on him, so they have all these wires coming out of him. They're like, you know... Tracking like his, I don't know, his, brain his fucking activity neurons and, and his, yeah, all this, blah, blah, sure. blah. yeah, right. So I guess it is a little different. So maybe sensory deprivation probably is a little more achievable than it seems like in this, because they are crazy scientists. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of do that in my pool, like, you know. <laughs> You're like, I'm vibing. <laughs> you just kind of, yeah, like, you just take an edible and then you just, like, float out there with your eyes closed. Like, it's great. I'm fucking dead. <laughs> So they let us know that Dr. Eddie Jessup, who is William Hunt in this, the main character, he took an interest in the study and he decided that he wanted to be deprived of his senses in the bubble suit. And then the credits roll as we watch the dude float in his little bubble boy tank. And the credits, I don't know. It's like such a simple thing. But when people can make interesting opening title cards, I fall in love with the movie so fast. Ken Russell's title cards are the best in cinema. Every single movie of his that we've seen has an amazing title card. The score is always great. The way that he's just like flashing through these, and I'm going to use the word surreal so much during this podcast, I apologize, but like he's just making everything feel so surreal. And then like it always just ends with some really cool text, kind of just like zooming in, zooming out. And it's like, 
Altered States, directed by Ken Russell. And now, like, every time I see that directed by Ken Russell, I get fucking giddy. I get Get so giddy. Like fucking butterflies? Yeah, dude, it's making me, like, tingly. (laughs) I seriously love this guy. Like, this guy is on his road to being, like, my favorite director, at least one of them, for sure. You know what I love? So you also made me watch his other movie, The Devils, and what I wrote a note, Okay, James, let's talk about The Devils yep. for a little bit, because yep. we were going okay. to cover The Devils. I told you we were gonna, but then we got through it a little bit, and then I... I Actually, I watched it with the full intent to cover it, but then I watched Altered States right after, and I was like, oh, no, 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 we're doing Altered States. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, I just a note that I had about The Devils, and I think he also did it here. A lot of times in the 80s, you had, like, the freeze frame title card, right? Where, yeah. like, the background would stop and like the the words would be on the screen what ken russell was not afraid to do that he did in this movie and in the devils the title comes up and like the the actors are still acting like it doesn't freeze like they're still like it might be a zoom in on their face but they're still like slightly moving you can see them breathing and it just adds this whole completely different atmosphere it's really neat I don't know what it is about it, but everything that he does is so crazy. Like, even when (laughs) there's a sex scene that's going to happen in a little bit in this, and he just does this thing where he zooms into, like, a portable heater, like a home heater. Yeah. And it gave me so much feeling, just like it evoked so much in my life. I was like, was, what the fuck? Like, so, I was, was like, so this disturbing. is so artistic and, like, yeah, and scary and terrifying <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> okay, but the devils. Basically, what I want to say about the devils is that the first fifteen minutes of that movie is the biggest roller coaster I have ever been on in my life. It's absolutely bonkers, like like live action cartoon insane. It is goddamn hysteria. I'm five minutes into this movie, and I see this chick getting exercised on a table. She looks oh full my on fucking Reagan, Linda Blair, exorcist fucked up. Yeah. She has wounds all over her, open wounds, and they're these two freaky little bald, ugly looking scientists going like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, like talking like that. <laughs> they're like, yeah, put a hornet in her open wound. Yeah, put a little glass globe over it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forget what that's called, that like hot jar fucking thing. That's a thing? thing? That's a thing. It's kind of like an acupuncture kind of thing. With hornets? Not the hornets part. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, if you're doing that, you should be absolved of like your the practice. Glass, the glass jar part is legit. Not absolved. That means you're... No, you should be fired, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of taking like the, the globes thing plus kind of like leeches, but instead of leeches, they're using hornets. It's, it's fucked. Dude, it is, it is brutal, and you can see this hornet's, like, crawling inside of her open wounds. So nasty. It's so skeevy, so fucked up, and then this dude with this giant handlebar mustache walks in. He's so eccentric, so crazy, and he runs in, he goes, what are you, What in the Sam hell are you doing? He lists off a bunch of crazy shit they've done before. They're like, you did this, this, and this, and what's now? Hornets? With globes? And he runs over, he starts chucking the globes, like, grabs them, just breaks them all over the room. They're like, no, no, stop. Stop it, no, this is our work. And then he goes, and what more? A crocodile? And he lifts her body up, and she is laying on a full crocodile. <laughs> do we do we ever really understand? Is, is the crocodile no. dead? Is it dead? I think it, it's not moving. Right, right. So it looked very still. 
I don't know but if that's a taxidermied one. I don't know if they killed it for this. I don't know if it was alive when it was under her and it suffocated. Just, I don't know what the fuck how, is going on. How is that any kind of, like, health care? Oh, we need you to lie down on top of this crocodile. Dude, when he said, and what now? A crocodile? A crocodile? And, he, and I had James. I This is when I FaceTimed him because I'm like five <laughs> minutes in. It blew my mind. The second he lifted her up and I saw that crocodile, I paused the movie. I called James. Oh, I flipped God. the camera. I was like, hold on. Look at all these things that happen in one minute. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And then he throws the crocodile out the window? <laughs> no, in a furnace. <laughs> Is it in a furnace? It w- I okay. I think he does found that mean another he gets, crocodile. He finds a different <laughs> crocodile later. I think he found another crocodile. <laughs> I can only imagine that he found another crocodile because I swear to God, when he threw that in there, I saw flames start like flying up and it got I did burnt. Too, but I just assumed there was a fire outside. James, he found another crocodile, 100%. That was a separate, dead, still crocodile that he found. And then, well, guys, that's not it. When when he finds that other crocodile, I'm talking on to James on the FaceTime, and I kind of just, like, glance over at the TV, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I flip the camera, and this dude has a fucking fencing sword, and he's fencing this mustache guy, but the mustache guy doesn't have a fencing sword. He's holding a crocodile. He's just blocking it with the crocodile body. <laughs> and then I think he just, like, chucks the crocodile at him, and he's like, fight he over. He does. And then... You find out, I mean, I know we're not talking about this movie, but I still feel the yes, need to say are. something. The reason why this guy attacked him with the sword was because he was the father of some underage girl that this priest got pregnant. Was that the girl with the ridiculous face makeup? With the ridiculous face makeup, this was her dad. Oh, he had every right to fence him then. <laughs> he treated her terribly. <laughs> He left her naked and crying and was like, hey, by the way, fuck you. He basically said, like, fuck you, I'm not dating you. And then he kicked her while she was down. She's also underage, too. Yeah, what the fuck? He deserved that. And then he tried to go get married to someone else. Yeah, he did. She was like, Like, hey, I kind of like you. I'm having lustful thoughts about you. He was like, okay, let's go fuck right now. (laughs) Like, okay, dude. (laughs) That guy, I already forget the actor's name, but he is like, like Jackie Daytona from... Uh, what we do in the shadows he is that guy like that guy is him re- reborn like they're the same person it's so crazy he's so eccentric it's crazy <laughs> that guy's energy is like another fucking level every monologue he let out was like <laughs> fucking Shakespeare poetry so then I would just say like the problem with the devils not even that it was is a bad movie nothing was as fun as that after not that a like single I, thing look the rest of the movie is a fairly grounded and, like, realistic depiction of what would have happened in that time period. Not sword fighting with crocodiles. No. And, like, here's the weird thing. Like, the intro of that movie got me right in. I was like, I love this. I'm ready. It's going to be fucking crazy. The rest of it was crazy, just in very different ways. So different. Just not absurd crazy. It was just, like, crazy fucked up crazy. And the movie was really good. Like, I still give it above a four star. It was a great yeah. movie. And it's, I fucking it's based it. on true events. Yeah, which yeah. also fucking crazy. So, like, I love that movie, but it was just like, okay, yeah, I could talk about that crocodile shit forever. But the rest of it just was not as fun, whereas Altered States is really fun all the way through. And it just gets more fun. 
it just gets better and better. Like, it's great in the beginning, and it's only up from there. That's enough about the Devils, but that is the other Ken Russell movie that we were about to cover instead of this today before we decided that Altered States is the best fucking movie ever in the world. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not going that far, but it is pretty great. Really good. So after the credits roll and the title card goes, we hear Dr. Jessup freak out a bit before Bob Balaban wakes him up on the outside and then brings him out. Wakes him up on the outside of the sensory deprivation tank, that is, because we kind of we were talking about that a second ago, now we're not. Right, um, right, right, right. He takes him out of the tank, and then Eddie's like, yeah, I hallucinated. And then Rosenberg is like, yeah, I saw you smiling and then crying, and then you told me that you re-experienced the death of your father. He goes, oh, shit, okay, cool. Let's do this again later. And early on... <laughs> You'll learn that everyone is talking very fast. Very, very fast. You very have quickly. to ignore a lot of the technical science talk, and you got to focus on the movie for the atmosphere and the crazy shit that's going down, really. <laughs> and, like, the relationships between these people. Like, you can follow the science stuff, but, like, it's a lot more fun to just lightly follow it and just go for the ride. You can almost not listen to anything they're saying. Like, they could be talking in an actual different language and just from context clues and like the inflection of voice, like you understand all you need to understand about the characters. Somehow. I think this would work really well as a silent movie. Yeah, it would. It's so like, I don't want to watch it as a silent movie. I probably wouldn't, but it would work, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean the, the, the parts where there is like exposition dump, which does happen a couple different times. It's, it's not needed. Like, just go along for the ride. You'll get it. You'll figure it out. Yeah, you can figure it out just from context clues. Dude, like, just this from is like one of those movies that I kind of want to watch, like, with an album. <laughs> just have, like, a score playing to it or something? Like, like mute it and then, like, play, like, fucking Dark Side of the Moon or something and just, like, see how it lines up. You would go right to Dark Side <laughs> of the Moon, you stereotypical person. <laughs> right to Pink I'm Floyd, just, huh? I'm just trying to think of something. Uh, that people can relate to. to the dark side. No, you should play the wall, and you could be like really, really, you know, oh, in tune you with go. your hippie spirit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, okay, the whole reason everything is so fast and ridiculous and scientific and blah, 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 the writer of this, Patty, so there's a whole background of this, but basically, Ken Russell was not the original director for this. He was actually, like, the 26th choice or something like that, (laughs) if that's correct. He was, like, way down the line, but someone else was on to direct it. Can't remember their name. Don't really care that much. And they were already into the directing, and then they got fired, and they ended up bringing Ken Russell on. And when Ken Russell got on, he already had like some contracts that were like, okay, you can't change the script at all. It has to say exactly how it is. And you have to use all the actors that are already signed up because they're already under contract, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Right. So he already had all the cast lined up. He already had everything. He's like, all right, I just got to direct this movie. And he's doing it. Patty is on the set all the time. They're trying to work together. But the issue is that Ken Russell fucking hates Patty and despises <laughs> their script with every fiber of his being and keeps telling Patty, hey, 
this is the worst script ever. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, this is ridiculous. It's just too much exposition, too much talking, all this scientific shit that does not matter for a on-screen movie. And Patty won't budge. And then it's also under contract, so he literally cannot change anything. And they eventually had so many differences that Ken banned Patty from being on set. <laughs> Even though this was, like, you know, their project. And, like, I think it might have been based off a novel or something. Or maybe it was just an original screenplay. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was a novel. I think um, it was, yeah. But Patty gets banned, and what happens next is Patty gets pissed and goes, hey, producers, he banned me from the set. I I want to be on this fucking set. And they went, well, he's going to quit if you're on the set, and we're not getting another director because they're already way <laughs> through this movie. So you're banned from the set. <laughs> yeah. That was about it. And Ken Russell's fix for this problem about um, him hating the dialogue and whatnot was to tell all of the actors and actresses to spew out their lines as fast as humanly possible so Just no one would be it. able to grasp it or understand it. Just get it out there. It's like we have we have to do it word by word. Just fucking just vomit it out there. So petty, so funny. I fucking love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I respect Ken Russell so much for that. I think it's awesome. But on the other side of things, the fact that, like, he could have done this with, like, another script and it could have turned out terrible, but I think just, like, because they're talking so scientific and so specific about everything, they have all these big words and these ridiculous things that, like, what, like, probably, like, 70% of people at least do not understand, like, they oh, can't, like, sure. to the point that they can't even put it together, like, I feel like a fair amount of people could probably, like, put together and, like, you know, you might not know, like, all the technicalities of what they're talking about, but you can get the gist of it, and you're like, okay, yeah, they're doing yeah, this kind I mean, of science as, thing. As someone who reads sci-fi books somewhat regularly, it does not surprise me at all that the writer of this script wrote the same book that it was based off of. Like, he did intensive research about the actual science of this and was like these are all the reasons why this situation that's happening is technically scientifically possible and i need to explain that to you through dialogue but not just that word by word by word, word, by, word. by word like i need to walk you through this and make you understand the science when i watch star wars i don't care about the science of a fucking lightsaber exactly okay and i think that <laughs> was what that was the issue that Ken Russell had. He was like, you know, like, I get it. It all makes sense. It's cool. Right. But it doesn't fucking matter because it's a movie. We're trying doesn't to, like, matter. get the story out and, like, not... And I feel like if his characters weren't all talking as fast as they were, the movie might have been 30 minutes longer. Yeah, for sure. Because if you think about it, they had to put every single bit of exposition in it. They couldn't cut anything out. It probably yep. would have been a two-and-a-half-hour movie if he didn't do what he did. And if this movie was two-and-a-half hours, I would have hated it. I would have despised it. I would not have had fun with it. I would not have loved it. It's an hour 45 minutes, which is a yeah. little on the long side, but I loved every second of it. I think it flowed yeah, perfectly. Yeah, at an hour 40, it doesn't feel long, you know? Not at all. But if it was, if it was, yeah, if it was over two hours for sure, like, it'd be rough. It would have sucked. But, like, yeah, but here's the thing. Like, he could have been petty on any other movie, on any other script, and it could have turned out terrible. It could have just been, like, you just blurting over dialogue that mattered or something, or, right. like, you know, it just sounds stupid. But the fact that it's, like, so scientific, and everyone in this is, like, such a such a dramatic, eccentric, like, kind of just, like, out there kind of character. Yeah. I feel like them talking so fast and doing what they do, it almost, like, gives more expression to each of them. Yeah, there's something about it that actually works in in the 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 universe of the movie the same way that like you watch like a Wes Anderson film and then like 
everyone talks a very specific way and you're like, no one talks like that in real life. That's kind of what these characters are doing. It's, it's a very specific way that they communicate. And yeah, people like that aren't really like that in real life, but it works for the movie. I don't know. I feel like all the pieces of this movie, like I feel like this was a movie that when you look at how everything went down, it almost shouldn't have been a movie. It shouldn't have got made. It shouldn't have been finished. Yeah. It looked like there were a lot of issues along the way, but the fact that it was made and it is really just a movie that was built on pettiness and still turned out this good, I think it's pretty fucking impressive. It's great. It it, it really is. It reminds me of, uh, I, what's the story behind that one movie? Um, I think it's uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau. I forget who the the director was, but essentially the director on that one had gotten fired and then kicked off the set. But then he would like sneak back onto the set while someone else was finishing his movie and like give notes to the actors. And everyone thought he was just an extra. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like it was crazy. And it's in that movie did not turn out nearly as good as this one did. So. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so back to the story. That was Richard Stanley, by the way. Richard Stanley. Oh, okay. Yeah. So back to the story, Eddie shows up to Rosenberg's party and immediately locks eyes with a girl named Emily, who's played by Blair Brown. And they hit it off real fast, and me and James were talking about this a little little bit earlier, but Ken Russell really just kicks everything off in his movies, like, immediately. Oh, yeah. Right away. It it wastes no time. Like, we might be 40 minutes-ish into this conversation, but we are probably five minutes into the movie. Yeah. Yep. So he meets Blair Brown, they hit it off, he talks about science and religion and testing on monkeys and humans, and then he's like, hey, I actually want to fuck you right now, are you interested? And she goes, yeah, I'm pretty interested. And he's like, well, let me know when you're fully interested. She goes, alright, let's go right now. It cuts, and dude, like, it's such a happy, like, you know, they're like doing this lovely thing where they're like, you know, hanging out, and it seems like they're falling in love. It cuts, It's so fucking dark, so eerie. There's so many red hues. It's sweaty. It's gross. There's this heater in the corner that we just keep seeing. Dude, that I don't know how you make a heater heater. so fucking intimidating. (laughs) But I felt like that heater was going to kick my ass. (laughs) It was crazy. And you see them like, they are fucking fucking like they are fucking like their their eyes are basically rolled into the back of their fucking heads dude and it's like oh my god it's so crazy and then he starts talking about like fucking well hang on she goes she goes what are you thinking about i was seeing god jesus crucifixions yeah it's funny huh (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah they're fucking and she goes oh what are you thinking about and that's what he says and it's like oh what what is this movie yeah and then he starts telling this morbid ass story about his dad dying (laughs) and then like she's just like all right well just lay on my boob for a little bit and then they just makes everything better it makes everything so uncomfortable. <laughs> I was feeling a lot of things at this moment. <laughs> okay. 
So remember in Layer of the White Worm when things got really weird and had like crazy Windows XP backdrops and got the really like biblical as hell and like Ken has health Russell flame and like brimstone screen and, and before before anyone else was using green screen he was all about that shit man and his effects are better than anyone else's I've ever seen oh, so good it's so good there's just like fire and landscapes everywhere just more of that crazy green screen dream sequence shit this is why i watch ken russell movies literally i'm so glad it's in all of them that we've seen so far <laughs> like i hope it's in every single one because For i real. cannot get enough of it it's so great that happens this time except instead of like hell flame and like brimstones and shit it's like fish and clouds and then there's a bible and then eddie throwing a jesus drawing on his dying father's face <laughs> <laughs> and, but wait, you thought that we, was it? Yeah, yeah, you gotta say the best part. Yeah, you thought that was it? Hold on. <laughs> Hellfire does show up around Dying Dad's hospital bed, and then a seven-eyed, like, yep. human lamb beast creature <laughs> with a bunch of horns appears on a cross while an upside-down burning crucifix ends up on Dad's chest. <laughs> and then the lamb gets sacrificed, blood gets poured on the Bible, and then Eddie fucks the living shit out of Emily as the spirit of uh -huh. the devil lamb takes control of his body. Yup. What? How do you film this shit? How do we how do we move on from this? Where do we go from here? We the fucking beast from Revelation, but its head was on Jesus's body. Oh my god! Like, what the fuck? And is meanwhile, happening? his bald fucking cancer-filled dad's just like no, and his crucifix just burning on his chest, and then he's just plowing Emily. Dude, fucking her while, like, these, like, while, like, little symbols of this lamb, this seven-eyed lamb are, like, popping up on, like, they're fucking in the shape of this seven-eyed lamb. <laughs> it's some good shit. So, look, I'm talking to this girl on Tinder right now, and we're texting today, and I'm watching this movie. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, hold on, let me just show you. And I sent her, like, all of this stuff, like, just this little thing. This part? Yeah, and I was like, welcome to my fever dream. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull up like a few of the conversations oh, that I had with her uh, just while I was going through all of this. Let's see. That's amazing. She said, uh, okay, I'm definitely uh, very high with you right now. <laughs> the first thing. And then I sent the ending, which we'll get to her later. And she said, actually, no, I'm not going to say what she said because that'll kind of spoil something. Oh, but I'll you say, can't give away that ending. I'm going to bleep out some of the things I say, but I said it's kind of complicated, but the breakdown is that he took some drug from an indigenous tribe inside of a sensory deprivation tank, and it turned him into a beep, but it turns him weird and glitchy, and that turned her into some kind of molten volcano person. And that's not descriptive enough that anyone will know what I'm talking about. Nope, but guys, <laughs> can't you just not wait until we get to that part of the movie? That's coming up! <laughs> it's coming! <laughs> So he wakes oh. up from this, I don't know what to call it, he wakes up. Dream. <laughs> Is it a dream? Sure. I'd wake up screaming from this. This is this is where I already got confused, though, about uh, Ken Russell timelines. Because if you've never watched a Ken Russell movie, one thing that he consistently does is when time passes, he doesn't do the cheesy-ass, like, two months later. Like, that's nope. not in there. It's nope. just slipped into conversation somewhere. So then you do kind of have to be listening if you want to know 
like how long things are taking. He does it well though because for like for example, this time that he did it, they're fucking, they're hanging out. Um we'll get to the specifics right now, but they're going to talk about like getting married and then it's right. going to cut over and they have like kids and stuff. So you can automatically assume, okay, you didn't have a 5-year-old before, so some time has passed. Can you can you assume that? I don't know if you can assume that. You get well Okay, maybe you can't, but two seconds later they start to talk about how it's their kids and divorce and stuff it's like true. that. So but you gotta, like, you, I'm just saying you got to be paying attention. Yeah, you do have to pay attention, but I don't know. It almost like it plays in the way that if you didn't notice that some time had passed, it does not matter. It's true. It's true. It doesn't change the experience for you. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. It makes it weird that you're like, oh, they just met, then they're fucking, then they're married, now they have kids. <laughs> but those details aren't really important. Yeah, so we can skip all that stuff and just go right to it. Except I do want to say the thing he said, because she's like, hey, I think we should get married. Oh, you know what? No, I, I, I do kind of want to say that little monologue she says, because it's fun. Because he's like, oh, I'm kind of crazy. And she goes, oh, bucko, I'm fully aware that you're batshit. And then she describes sex, and she goes, it's like being harpooned by a raging monk in the act of receiving God. Yeah. Which, I don't know, at first I was like, well, you like that? But then I was like, okay, yeah, I see why you like that. <laughs> you know, like, I thought about it for a second. I'm like, you know what? That sounds intense, and, like, isn't that what you want? Like, I don't know. It well, sounds I think, fun. I think, I think she's conflicted by it. Like, part of her wants to be, like, because she says, like, it's like you're not even having sex with me. It's like you're shaking hands with God or something like that. But then also, like, you're the gateway for that shit, right? Like, there's something cool about that, right? But then after he says, like, all right, well, because he kind of says he, they're going to get married in a rude way. He's like, all right, we'll get married if it's that important. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, I'm not very comfortable with women. And then she goes, I guess that's the closest thing I'll ever get to a declaration of love out of you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but like, this guy's then, a little bonkers. And then he goes, am I really that weird in bed? And the fact that he had to ask that was ridiculous. Like, you should know if you're oh, that you're weird in bed. fucking weird, bud. Yeah, you should know you're that weird in bed if you're that weird in bed. And then she goes, well, I kind of like it. Like, you don't have to change it. So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, you know, she does fuck with it. And I, she's yeah, into I it. I guess I get it. I get it. She's kinky, dude. I fuck with her. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, yeah, they're married some years later. They're at um, Rosenberg's house. Has? Has. They're at Rosenberg's house now. And we find out God, that he's we always we need to We need to fucking, like, discuss what we're gonna call people his name's rosenberg his name's arthur rosenberg so i have him as arthur in all of my notes oh. and i'm like who the fuck's rosenberg dude rosenberg is way cooler than arthur why would you not call him rosenberg i don't know the same reason why i called uh eddie jessup the whole movie it's just, it's just what, what i did i called him eddie he's dr jessup <laughs> What? I called him Eddie the whole time. He was more like a he was more like a casual friend to me, you know, He's like an Dr. acquaintance. Dr. Jessup. Yeah, but like we're in we're interacting with like just all of his like friends and close family the whole time, so he's more like an acquaintance. A lot they all call I him guess. Eddie for the most part. I call him Mr. Jessup. Dr. They only Jessup. called him Dr. Jessup like twice, and it was like his student that he was fucking once to call him Dr. Everyone else called him Eddie. Hey man, I'm just telling you what I wrote down in my notes. What? You know, read the fucking room. Why do you have the opposite of what I have? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We need to make these decisions. No, you beforehand. read the room. Don't tell me to read the room. You read the fucking room. I'm trying to read the room. Now I'm I'm late to reading the room. Oh, Everybody read the room yesterday, you, and I'm just now getting the memo. You know, you can read the book called "Fuck You and Suck It." <laughs> Get bent, dick. <laughs> 
Actually, most of the time I have him in my notes as Dr. Jessup Turtle. Stop. Okay. Because he looked like a turtle man at the beginning. Okay. We're so past that, James. That's just dude, what he was to me. That dude, was gross, that's the impression. Dude. That was gross. the first impression. I was just stuck with it. I'm sorry. All right. Well, we find out that he's leaving to Mexico for a Mexico. year for We're a shroom experience with an indigenous tribe. Emily's going to Africa for a year with the kids, and they're getting divorced. And then, yep. like, Rosenberg's wife says to him about the whole situation. She goes, she's still crazy about him. He's still crazy. Which, I don't know, that's such a cool line, dude. I love it. Like, I just love the way they interact with each other and speak. It's so fun. It's good. It's good. It's like, it's, it's, the whole thing's pretty witty. It's, it's almost like an episode of Gilmore Girls or something. Because it comes off as just fucking super smart people that are too smart for their own good being comical and, like, witty with each other. Like, yeah. I love that stuff. I it's love, great. I love, like, intelligent, funny stuff. It's just mm -hmm. so entertaining. Yeah, it's great. So Rosenberg tries to talk some sense into him, and honestly, this was a pretty good moment in the movie because Eddie blurts out this long monologue in response to the question, which is like, which was, why are you getting divorced? And he goes, well, this, that, blah, 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 my emotions, this, that, I'm in touch with this, and I'm not going to say all of it, but it really just, it's the same thing I was talking about right now, like, these people are too smart for their own good, and especially Eddie, I feel like he is, like, yeah. the reigning genius of this place, like, he's so fucking crazy, but he is so smart. Yeah, he's he's so it's it's like it's the guy who if he wasn't actually as smart as he is, you'd be like, oh, he's a fucking narcissist. And then you're like, no, he's just actually operating on a different fucking level. Like he is on a different plane and he is so fucking smart that he's so above like just human emotion and everything yeah. else. Like this dude's basically like a robot. Yep. But, like, not, like, a Mark Zuckerberg kind of like robot. Like a spiritual a robot. Like, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> he's, like, a really cool, like, Elon Musk kind of person, you know? Yeah, I like mean, Like, if just Elon the... Musk had, like, cool emotion and was, like, a cool, like, guy, but, like, also just, like, had, like, nothing and didn't care about anything. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but he's well, a it's cool just character. This, it's this really interesting intermingling between, like, the spiritual and science. Because on one hand, like... He's this super smart psychologist, like science guy, like science rules, Bill Nye, like, but then on the flip side of that, he's like purposefully overdosing on these crazy hallucinogens because he thinks that he can experience God or creation or something, you know? You know what he is? I feel like he's like a hot Albert Einstein. <laughs> right? Like, is that is that a good descriptor? Yeah, that works. You're like a good-looking, like, chiseled Albert Einstein, you know? Yeah. Because like, Albert Einstein looked fucking ridiculous. I was going to say, if Albert was fuckable, because he definitely wasn't. Poor guy. That dude is the farthest from fuckable <laughs> on the entire planet. Like, he's the closest to, like, scientist Rocky Dennis that we'll ever get. That dude is fucking disgusting. <laughs> but shout out Einstein. I mean... <laughs> Way to do it, guy. <laughs> Go you. Oh, fuck. So we cut to Eddie in Mexico, or in Mexico, not and Mexico. I guess and Mexico. Yeah, it's Eddie in Mexico. That's fine. Yeah, both. And he's traveling with an expert on the lands or maybe like an expert on the tribe, something of the sort. And right. Eddie asks him about the drug that he's going to take, whether it's dangerous or not. And he goes, yeah, it's kind of dangerous, but it's also uh, cool. And he's like, okay, cool. And he's like, well, can I join the ritual? Can I do it with them? Dude goes over, he asks them, they agree, and they let him know that he's going to ascend, he's going to see a crack, which I was like, <laughs> butt crack. <laughs> and then the butt crack leads to nothingness, and that's his soul, so I was like, 
butt crack leads to your soul. It's pretty funny. Yeah, he's supposed <laughs> to like experience his ancestors or some shit. And then as the ritual starts, a bunch of these indigenous dudes start up a pot and slice at his hand, and then he's like, oh, my blood! And they put it into their stew, and then they start yep. to take a sip of the blood stew, which, uh, blood soup! Blood soup. Blood soup, baby. And when Eddie takes a sip, he starts to freak out. Fireworks start blasting. Hang on, how many how many movies have you covered that actually have soup in them? Um... You need a tally. You need somebody to go back through and tally that shit. I'd say, like, mostly witchy movies. How many horror soups are about horror and soup? Because this one is. I think someone should make a, a movie about uh, poisonous soup. I should, yeah. They should. If you make it, I'll cover it. Okay. So someone make it. I'll, I'll cover it. <laughs> I'll, I'll interview. I'll do all the things. I'll do all the promo and everything. I'll promo you, dude. I'll freaking promo you, man. Anyway. I'll promo you, dude. <laughs> Let me give you your promo. Stop. Everything gets very Ken Russell. And also, do you remember while it was all getting very Ken Russell, did you notice that very spherical ice cream? Ice cream. I noticed um, his head getting wrapped up by a snake. I noticed penis mushrooms. Okay, yes, the penis mushrooms. I'm glad you noticed that because I thought I was just crazy. I was like, does that look like a dick? Because that looks oh, like a dick it's, to me. It's, it's phallus for sure. Okay, for sure. Thank you. Um <laughs> Right before that snake starts gripping his head, they're sitting in a little table, and there's, like, a bunch of yellow flowers around them, yeah. and Emily's eating some ice cream, and it's in, uh-huh. like, it's just in this very interesting-looking chalice with, like, a spherical top, like, for ice cream, and her oh. ice cream is so perfectly, like, sphere that it almost looked like like a some kind of, like, trophy globe or something. I didn't realize it was ice cream until she bit into it. It was just really fucking weird. Yeah, that whole part's really fucking weird, for sure. And when he finally starts to come to, there's a giant monitor lizard just sitting in front of him. And then it disappears, and it turns into a naked Emily. naked Emily. Just, like, sprawled across the sand like a lizard. (laughs) And that was giving me Lair of the White Worm vibes. Yeah, for sure. So much. I was like, this is the fucking, that sexy snake chick just laying there, dude. (laughs) And she's just laying there. They stare at each other until they eventually crystallize and turn into a dust, like exactly like Sandman in Spider-Man 3. Yep, just turn into sand. Exactly. Sand boobs are really cool, by the way. (laughs) Dude, like, you ever seen, you've seen boobs, but have you seen sand boobs? I have now. Eventually, when it actually ends, the modern lizard is just sitting in front of him, torn to fucking shreds fucking gutted was that a real monitor lizard it looked really real dude i don't know if i didn't look it up and see if that was like a proper not if that was real but i don't know if this is some cannibal holocaust shit but that looked very very like it sold me like (laughs) i just want to imagine that if it is real like maybe it's like you know it was around there or something and it already happened to get murdered it's laying around or something like that or maybe it's a prop i don't know if that was a prop way to go prop master wow applause to you yeah dude if that's a prop vote show shit dude that was was crazy looking it was disgusting it was so messed up oh and then so we we think we think eddie killed it but we don't have actually know how it happened yeah, you kind of do, but it also could kind of, like, leave it open-ended where you're like, I don't know what the fuck happened to this. I don't know what's going on at all. The All the shaman get pissed because they're like, dude couldn't fucking hold his trip and fucking went out there and killed a lizard. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to them leaving the community and Eddie's yelling, they don't know I killed the lizard. They're just trying to give the gringo a bad name. <laughs> 
<laughs> I audibly laughed out loud at that. That was so fucking funny. It's really funny. Like, everything else in the world hasn't already given the gringos a bad name. <laughs> like, the gringos haven't given the gringos a bad name. It's, it doesn't work that way, bro. Like... <laughs> You've been had it. I'm sorry. That title has been there, like, way before you killed that lizard. <laughs> <laughs> so his travel buddy goes you took it and then you went outside and then we heard animals scream and then some dogs barking and the lizard was destroyed so you tell me what happened yeah this is whenever i i wrote down so is this just a is this really just a movie about a guy who just like keeps chasing a better high but then he never actually has a good time <laughs> That's what it seems like. It seems like, again, like he's too smart for his own good and he's just trying to like ascend in other ways because he's like, I don't know what I'm doing on this fucking planet. But then like every time he tries it, like it doesn't seem like he had a good time. Like when he did this hallucinogenic mushroom thing, he didn't come out of it like, whoa, like that was an experience. He came out of it and killed a fucking lizard. It's like, bro, maybe you need to chill. Okay, but hear me out. And this is just something I there's just a theory I thought of off the top of my head right now. Yeah. I think the whole movie and all of his experiences are, I think it's kind of a love story. Like, it's bringing him back toward Emily. Okay. Like, he's so emotionless. Like, you know, like he, like we said, he has this complex where he's so smart. He, like, can't feel emotions and he can't bring himself to feel things and stuff because he just knows too much about, like, the ins and outs, the specifics of everything that it just fucks with him. He can't bring himself to love her in the same way that she's, like, you know, obsessed with him. Like, they say the whole time, like, she's obsessed with right, him. Right, right, right. She loves the shit out of him. I think that I've no I noticed that in every single one of these visions he had, even when he was like, Okay, I'm done with Emily, we're divorced, we're not messing with each other anymore. Every vision he had, he saw her. And it was yeah. some form of him coming back to her or her trying to heal him or just something to do with her. I think he was just having all of these trips and it's kinda of just yeah, just bringing him back to her. Okay. I don't know. What do you think about that? I follow that. Like it's not like a super deep thing or anything, but No. It still seems like he never has a good time. But when the movie ends, and we can say this without spoiling the other shit, when the movie ends, he's basically just like, thank you, like, I love you, I've always loved you, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like right. that's the end goal of it. Like, he didn't know that was so the end really goal, just, but that ended it's up really being just a movie goal. about a, a man who can't feel feelings, and this is how he has to go to these lengths just to express it's feelings. It's pretty incelly, yeah. <laughs> if you put it that way, it's very incelly, and, like, he's very just a man with insecurities. But, you know, I guess I'll give him a pass because he's really smart. <laughs> Super smart man. <laughs> I don't know. He intrigues me, so I give him a pass. I think that's why she gives him a pass, too. He's so fucking intriguing that she's like, well, absolutely, whatever. I mean, I don't know. It is that thing where... I don't do you feel this too? I feel like everyone has to. Like, I'm very genuinely intrigued by super fucking smart people. Like, I can't stop talking to them. Like, I want to be around them and just see what they have to say. So, like... Interesting. Okay. They're just... They're interesting, you know? I'm like, it's... It's like you're a fucking superhuman or something. <laughs> fucking metahumans, man. Like, whenever I go out, like, or something, and I just start talking to a random person, like, I could end the conversation really fast. But if you're saying some cool shit, I'm probably going to listen. I don't talk to random people. Okay, whatever. I don't that much either. I barely leave my house. I don't talk to humans. Look, I'm talking about experience that I had probably like five years ago when I used to be social. <laughs> but, you know. Anyway. He destroyed the lizard is what I'm getting to. He also took the drug mixture back home because he Takes wants to test home. on it yep. more. And when he's back in town, he's inside of this box being watched by Rosenberg and their other science buddy named Mason. Science buddy is played by uh, Charles Hayde, who's uh, in Nightbreed. Oh, shit. He's in Nightbreed? Yeah, he's the dude with all the fucking Christmas lights around him. Oh, okay. Nice. I liked him in this movie. He's funny. Yeah, dude, he was super good. <laughs> he had a crazy monologue, too. They all kind of yep. have some crazy science monologues. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so they're watching him. Mason isn't too fond of the experiment. He wants the drug to be, like, tested because he's like, okay, well, probably thinking the same thing we're thinking. Like, this guy's off the fucking rails. Right. <laughs> um, so the movie started with a sensory deprivation chamber. We moved away from it for a bit, but we find out from their dialogue that there's another one at, like, what was it, a college campus or something like that? Yeah. And they decide that Eddie's going to take the drug in the sensory deprivation chamber, which, James, to your point, yeah. what I wrote down right here is really isn't that just some random druggy thought like hey how am i gonna do these drugs in a crazier place <laughs> like that's all it is right like scientists are just psycho drug addicts dude yeah that's this one is for sure i am gonna go ahead and say if you're a good scientist you're a psycho drug addict i can't imagine Probably. any science like if you're really a good scientist like you have to just be curious about so many things and want to yeah. like you know experiment you know and try so many things do. How would you not try that on yourself? Like, I feel like to me be a good in the, scientist, the you lowest have to. level of of like experimentation of like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, try an alternative sleep schedule and see how that changes the way my body works. Like, if I had access to the things that these scientists have access to, that they could basically do whatever they want legally, like I would probably do some crazy shit too. If I was a scientist, I would definitely do crack at least once. <laughs> I mean, I want to do crack at least once at some point in my life. Not, like, anytime soon, but, like, I do fully plan that, like, if I am, like, old as fuck and I'm already, like, dude, if I'm, like, 80 or something, I'm past that, or even, like, 70 or something, too. If I'm on my deathbed, buy me some crack. I want to do some fucking Let's crack. Let's go! Dude, because literally, why does it matter? It's true. It's true. Why does it matter? I will do, I want to, like, go through each of them, like, try to be, like, all right, this is my death bucket list. I want to see if I could do each of these drugs and survive. But if you're going to die anyway, if you if, if it or not even if you're going to die anyway, but like because everyone's going to die eventually. But like at that age, who knows? Who knows what your day to day life is like? I've, I think about like my grandparents before they die. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing all day? Like, let them have some fun. Right. If I'm old, my health is starting to get fucked. I'm not playing bingo. I'm doing crack. I was going to say, don't wheel me into bingo. Like, fuck that shit. Wheel me into a sensory deprivation chamber with a crack pipe. <laughs> Don't set me in front of the TV and turn on fucking game shows. Like, sit me in front of a TV with a crack pipe. <laughs> <laughs> just whatever I do, just give me a crack pipe. <laughs> Wheel me up to a rooftop with a crack pipe. Wheeled me up to a crack dealer with a crack pipe. <laughs> we'll do it together. <laughs> Wheel me up... To a private screening of Frankenhooker so I could watch the doctor make super crack while I'm doing crack. <laughs> Look, that's just what I want for my life, all right? I'm setting it up right now. I respect it. Look, if I start to get Alzheimer's or something and I'm fucked up and I can't, like, tell you guys that I want oh, crack, I want fuck. this to be my message right here that if I am not in the proper state i want like thousands of people to do signatures i want someone to get in contact with someone who can tell them to give me crack because i want crack i get it i get it i just i i finally finished the last season of shameless because i've been holding off finishing it so i could finish it with my partners oh you're talking about the ending yeah you're talking about yeah so yeah, yeah. oh don't talk about that don't make me <laughs> sad right now man don't make me sad but right same now same page same page you know no yeah i i'm on i'm Name omitted. Like I'm I on that page. I respect it. I respect it. I'm on that page for sure. Put me. Put me in that book. Put me <laughs> in that book. Write me in. Write me a roll because that's me doing crack at seventy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> during the whole chamber experience, we randomly hear Eddie go, "I'm 
killing i'm eating and everyone's just like what the fuck is including me out. including yeah. me as an audience member i was like wait what are you killing and what are you eating the lizard <laughs> yourself what the fuck so they ignore it and they let him stay in for a bit but after a while eddie stops talking and they check up on him and when they find him there's a ton of blood coming out of his mouth and he can't speak what happened you were in there by yourself That's exactly what i was gonna say <laughs> what did you do <laughs> you're in sensory deprivation what could have how happened? do you wake up with blood in your mouth <laughs> So they assume that he hit his head or had a seizure, so they bring him right. out. And he's conscious, and he's like, you know, he's moving around and doing things, but he just can't speak. So he asks them for a piece of paper, yeah. and they're like, okay, okay, I go grab it. They grab him a piece of paper, and he writes did you down, notice? blood work now. Did you notice? What? You definitely see his dick for a second. It's so short. When no. they pull him out, and no. they, he's naked. He's naked. And like you saw his you dick, definitely see his dick. I mean, maybe it's because Dude, I watched it twice. Maybe it's because I, I watched it on a really big screen, and it's like right in my face. I do too. But like, you see a dick. I can. I swear, you see his dick. It's so. It's so short. Not not his dick, but the amount. His dick. Oh, I was like, I was like, his <laughs> dick. not necessarily his dick, but the amount of time that you see. <laughs> you see his dick. It's so short. <laughs> Damn, God, poor now William even, Hurt. Even if you don't see his dick, it was worth it for that joke. <laughs> That's fucking funny. That's pretty funny. No, I didn't see that. I want to. I mean, like, I'm gonna watch this movie oh, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. This is literally this Dial is in my rotation permanently. So I'll see it eventually. But he gets this piece of paper and he writes down blood work now, images of my neck, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And Mason, the whole time, he's just getting pissed. He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude?" <laughs> He's like, you just had a Caesar, dumbass. Yeah, it's all a bunch of crazy science shit. But basically, he thinks that something strange happened to him in the chamber that may have changed, like, his DNA or his biological structure or something of the sort. Yeah, this is whenever, like, we start taking a little bit of a turn to being, like, this having something to do with genetics. Like, before yeah, before yeah. that wasn't really part of the conversation. It was just drugs. And right, and now it's like, wait, genetics and ancestry and what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this is when the movie really starts to take a big turn and you're and no one knows what's going on. <laughs> no one. <laughs> so they take him to a lab, they run tests, and then Eddie starts to talk again and he says, I obviously I obviously regressed to some quasi simian creature, and Mace replies, No one's gonna tell me you degenerate your structure for four hours and reconstituted and then he says something like, I'm a scientific doctor of the Uranus theorem, an associate of the hyperbole, and an editor of a magazine, so I will not take this tomfoolery. And I just said hyperbole when I tried to say hi- hyperbole. hyperbole. I'm so glad I did. I was trying to like keep the, I was trying to keep the like d- the depiction and the energy that you, I had while doing it. it. So I just you nailed like, it. Yeah, and I was trying to like you know like say it in a, and then I said hyperbole. Well, and the whole thing is Mason has a southern accent too. No, 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 James, stop. Hold on. No, let's talk about the. The fact that I wrote that joke and I said the word wrong when I literally added that's not something he said I said that I wrote the joke and I did it wrong but to be fair Mason does have a southern accent which is hilarious when he's when he's screaming these really smart sounding words and he sounds like some bumpkin from Louisiana everyone screams monologues in this but his screaming monologues are my they're favorite. amazing they're so fun his voice is just so perfect and he's, and he's so over this shit it's like it's like he's no he obviously has known Eddie for a long time and like he's he's let it go on for so long and he's like okay I'm not going to say anything I'm not going to say anything and he's like dude I'm fucking done stop drinking the mushroom potion 
you're fucking up your life, bro. Like, <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm try- I'm tired of watching you bang your head inside of boxes. This has been going on for 20 years now. <laughs> enough. Enough is enough. <laughs> and you know what? Fair. Mason, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm fine with it. Like, <laughs> and my favorite part, I'm not kidding, James. This is probably my favorite part of the movie. And I have a lot of favorite parts. <laughs> This is my favorite line of the movie, my favorite piece of dialogue, 100%. Okay, okay, okay. Mason brings his x-rays to the higher-ups, because he's like, just go bring that, go look at them. He's like, watch, you'll see. And he's like, all right, fuck you, I'm going to go... He does that whole monologue, like, fuck you, I have a degree in editing a magazine, (laughs) so I'm going to go talk to my boss. And then he goes up to his boss, and he's like, hey, so... It looks to me like the architecture is somewhat abnormal. Can you check this out? And dude looks at it for one second, and he goes, somewhat this guy's a fucking gorilla <laughs> dude that's the best line of any movie i've ever heard Which in my is our life first hint, and i still didn't see it coming i still didn't get it i didn't see it coming up to this point and then once he said it like the way it was presented it was almost like he was responding like the the doctor that said it's a fucking gorilla he almost felt like like a like a really grounded J. Jonah Jameson when he said that. <laughs> yeah, and it just yeah, it gave does. me it gave me so much. I was like, holy shit, like this was a reveal to the story for the rest of the plot of the movie, but also it's just such a like a witty, cool, fun line where like because there's this whole dynamic where there's this super smart scientist who's just like saying like no fuck you. There's no way this is possible. This goes against like everything that makes sense right. in the world. I'm gonna go bring this to my boss and he's gonna say it's fucking stupid. But his boss, on the other hand, is a- another super smart guy, probably right. possibly even smarter or maybe just like not aware of the situation. And the fact that he's not aware of that situation and he's not in this whole conversation, he doesn't know that it could be like some kind of thing that doesn't seem possible. Right. He just looks at it and goes, this isn't a human. This is a gorilla. This is a fucking gorilla. That is such a cool point in the movie, dude. Like, that is so cool. The way that it's revealed. Oh, yeah. Like, it reveals something, but it's also just so clever. Yeah, and uh, so this is this is where we start taking a dip into some real body horror type shit. Yeah, things do start to get a little weird. Let me see. Um, Side note, before what happens, Eddie wakes up next to one of his students, I yep. assume. Right, right. So he's a little... He has a little moral, a little bit of moral issues, yep, I guess. Yep, yep. You know, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll move on from that. <laughs> and then he takes a shower. Gorilla feet. The gorilla feet are funny. They're really funny. They're pretty funny looking. They're pretty crazy looking. He kind of just kind of just look like my feet. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Mine are pretty hairy too. He kind of just looks down and chuckles. He's like, huh, "Look at that, <laughs> gorilla feet." Watch me go. I bet I can run real fast with gorilla feet. And then he runs out and just starts, like, freaking out and stuff. And the girl he's with is like, you okay, dude? And we just stare at his ass for a little bit. And then his student just looks very confused. He's like, oh, I'm just uh, writing a paper. (laughs) And then he walks off and his skin starts boiling. Yeah, this is when we get the bubbly arm. That's the body horror part of this. Like, it's like, you know what? It feels very werewolf movie, though. Honestly, this is a werewolf movie. It's a werewolf movie, but instead of turning into a werewolf, he turns into a monkey. And I think, I genuinely believe, if it was more marketed as that, I think it would have been a more popular movie. I think so, too. But the thing is, like like I said in the beginning, it's so much it's better than it's experience. not marketed like that. It's a great experience. You're right. It's a great experience. Yeah, like, it probably would have done better financially if it was marketed like that, but it would not have the same impact that it does if it was marketed <laughs> I mean, this like is, that. Because the way it was marketed, it took me for a fucking this ride, This is dude. so much of of Wolfman. Like, this is Wolfman. 
Yes. Yeah. You know? It's, uh... You think Devontae would like this since he hates Teen Wolf? <laughs> Fucking idiot. I don't know. I'll have to ask him if he ever caught up on this one. <laughs> okay. Oh, and then this is when we see Drew Barrymore. There's nothing to say about that. You just see her and you're like, oh, oh Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> That's really it. <laughs> we'll see her for a second and she'll be like, mommy... I'm sad. And then fucking William Hurt is going to go, everyone thinks daddy is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But that's pretty much all Drew Barrymore does. But she's there, and it's cool. Yeah, so I guess we should say, Eddie goes... No, no, no. What we should say (laughs) is, what is is fractioning a rat spring? I don't know what that is. At one point, he's like, they want me to fraction a rat spring. He's like, I've been fractioning a rat spring and they don't want me to or I don't want to fraction rat springs anymore I don't know what the fuck he said but I don't know what that means and I don't think I'll ever know what that means what is what is a rat spring what is a rat did he say rat spring I have no idea what you're even talking about I didn't catch that at okay, all well, I don't either I don't either do they all I know is that the next note I have is that he goes back in the deprivation chamber for the last time before that, he meets back up with Emily, and she's been notified of all the experiments and stuff. She tells him that she's worried. He needs to chill. Yeah, she's freaked out. And then he goes like, no, dude, I'm on a breakthrough, and I need your help. And she's like, okay, okay, fine, I'll help you with it. But however, she doesn't get there in time the next day when he gets into the tank. Right. This is when Eddie full-on turns into a monkey. It's a fucking ape man. He is a fucking ape man just running around and he is screaming fucking encino man dude and he's screaming like <laughs> like he is just screaming and i guess the idea is that through the use of these hallucinogenic mushrooms on top of the sensory deprivation is that he's making his hallucinate his hallucinations i can't even say it like come to life basically like he's making it is his reality become reality and what he's believing is happening is that he's tapping into the genetic code of essentially the missing link. Like, that's what he is. He's the missing link between apes and humans, genetically. Whoa, wait. So hold Oh, Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Okay, wait. So hold on. If you look at this from the outside, is this just literally a dude on drugs who's imagining things? Kind of. <laughs> and then other, then other people start seeing what he's imagining. Let me rephrase. I guess in the context of the movie, it's all happening. But, like, us just looking at this, like... This could all just be in his head. This could just be seen as, like, one of those movies that's just, like, you know, a dream, right? right? Yeah. I don't want to see it like that, though. This no, is all this real. this is really happening. He's... he's Yeah, this is real. Because okay, we haven't cool. even gotten into the genetic whirlpool yet. That's coming later. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? Okay, this shit's gonna get so crazy. Well, right now, he turns to this hairy monkey. We got eight, man. The first reveal that we get is when we see his legs, but then a janitor wakes up, and he heads over to the door because he hears some noise and yeah. stuff. Monkey just fucking bounces past him, starts running off, and goes... And this is when... This is when I just I just dropped my phone. I was like, I stopped taking notes, and I just cried a little bit. I was like, oh, wow. This is... This took a turn. I did not expect it to go here. This was the last thing I expected when we decided we were covering this movie. The I last no thing I ever expected. I no idea that we would have an ape man transformation. Dude, and it's so funny when the janitor dude goes to security <laughs> and he goes, there's an animal in there. And the dude goes, what kind of animal? And he's like, monkey. This is a monkey. It's <laughs> fucking big, though. <laughs> and the security guard is like so uninterested, but then he see- he hears like, and he's like, oh, okay, let me let me look and at this. And then they're like calling whoever's in charge of this fucking science place, and they're like, one of your monkeys got loose. <laughs> yeah, and, and everyone is just like, what monkey? 
Every person unanimously goes, what monkey are you talking about? What are you referring to? <laughs> Did you notice when he first sees those guys and he runs away? He, like, climbs, he, like, grabs the pipes and, like, disappears into the pipe. Yes. Like it's Dude, a jungle. Dude, he did, like, a Spider-Man move. He did, like, a Spider-Man move, though. It was, like, Spider-Man like, in, like, the, the PS1 yeah. the PS one game where you're, like, in that first building and you're going through, like, the fucking, uh, like, the, the air ducks, shafts yeah. and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's the He's first like, Spider-Man Whoa. game. And he just disappears into, into the pipes. I thought he had a web shooter. <laughs> <laughs> look the security guards are looking for the fucking yeah. monkey but during the hunt eddie beats the fuck out of the janitor and the security guard also the restaurant guy uh because he kind of runs out of there he yeah, leaves yeah, yeah, the facility yeah, yeah. and there's some guy like it's kind of like a lady in the tramp thing where he comes down he's throwing out some food he's like hey you stupid dogs quit eating my spaghetti right. and he's yelling at some dogs i just thought that was funny there was nothing about <laughs> it. I just thought it was funny <laughs> But Monkey Eddie being scared of dogs is also pretty Monkey funny. Monkey Eddie is scared of a lot of things. This is also a thing that I was a little confused on in the moment because I was trying to figure it out. Because, like, he does the thing where he runs out of the lab and then he runs directly into traffic. And then a car's like, bram, bram, get out of the fucking road, like, which is in every movie ever, right? It's like a prehistoric Iceman kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, <laughs> I feel like. Shouldn't he, even though he's, like, transformed, I just thought that he would still have his own knowledge. Like, Eddie still you knows really what a car is. You think you can explain is. that when this dude just turned into a monkey after <laughs> eating some shrooms in a water tank? <laughs> You're looking for a fucking explanation of why this guy doesn't have, like, like uh, just a... Con- what, what the fuck I are just, you talking at this, about? At this, point, at this point, I thought it was really still Eddie in there, but it's not. This is It's a werewolf movie. Eddie's no longer in control. I thought Eddie was still in control at least a little bit, and he was just trying to survive, you know? But, like, this this thing, this ape man does not know what a car is. Eddie knows what a car is, but ape man does not. That's why I was saying it's a werewolf movie, because not just because of his transformation and how it looks and the boiling skin and all that. Like, he's fully a werewolf, just a monkey werewolf. Yeah, he's a a were-ape. So Eddie has a whole big day. He ran from dogs. <laughs> he day. hung out with some elephants. He moves into the zoo. He's just chilling. He moves into the zoo for a while. <laughs> and then he ended up with all these fucking like rams or goats or whatever the, they were. The deer. And then he just, dude, he picks. Those were deer? Those were deer. deer. What are you talking about? Those were not deer. Wait, but they had the tiny little hoof th- or the tiny little. The ones like, that he sneaks up on and he horns. fucking murders one. <laughs> okay. James, I'm going to say, I'm pretty sure there were two different animals in that pack. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure, maybe there were deer in there, but I'm pretty sure there were two different, because I feel like when I saw them running away, there were, like, different formations and hooves and horns and stuff. Did you notice something weird about the rhino? Like, the first thing he sees when he jumps in the zoo. I didn't notice anything weird about it, I need to watch it again. Maybe it was just me. In the moment, something about that rhino looked fake. Like, I thought it was, like, a giant costume. (laughs) Like, I thought they were people operating this fake rhino, and they only showed it for a second. Okay. Well, to be fair, you could put a man in a monkey suit and put him around some dogs (laughs) and have them barking at him. You can have him hang around an (laughs) elephant, but if he goes around a rhino, he might get fucked up. So there might be some truth to what you're saying. Maybe he wasn't around a real rhino. That's definitely possible. Maybe it was a fake rhino, but there was something about it where I was like, is that a fake fucking rhino? Like, why even put the rhino in (laughs) if you had to build a fake one for this? Maybe just for the effect of like, hey, look at all of these 
diverse animals he's around. I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, he sees he sneaks up. He sneaks up on some some fucking some fucking deer. Also, do you notice like the way he moves is very like rhythmic, almost like dancing. Uh, I thought he moved like a monkey. Nah, man, the way he moves and like when he don't you think monkeys kind of move a little bit like rhythmic? Maybe. Though? I kind of feel like they do. They the way they bounce around, like because yeah, they kind of like you're right. when they jump around, they kind of like do this thing where they bounce like left and right a little bit. So it looks like they're doing a little. Everything jig, he know? does looks so dancey to me. Like it's just so perfectly choreographed. I thought he looked just very monkey. So <laughs> maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe you're right. Maybe very monkey. But dude, when he when he picked up that rock and he chugged it at that ram or whatever it was, <laughs> the way it just like. The way that rock hit its forehead, and like usually I'm not one to laugh when rocks hit animals, but it just looks so comical. It is like, pretty funny. It was fucking funny, dude. And it just fell over like it was like a bowling pin. <laughs> and this is where I'm like, you this is where I have the the thought that you could completely recut this same movie and like put the parts in at different places, put in different music. This could have just been a comedy about a guy who turns into an ape man. I agree, but I don't. Want I don't that. want that. I just think it's interesting that that's where we that it where we work. got to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's eating the fucking goat thing or whatever. Yeah, it which is. is gross. It's pretty brutal, but you know, uh, nature. So Emily picks Eddie up because I think he went to jail. Did he get arrested? Where does he go? No, they they find him. They find him in his human form. In the zoo. He, like, passes out so in they the put, zoo. So they took him to jail, yeah, right? Yeah, he's, something? like, naked in the zoo, and they take him to jail. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Okay. They just didn't really explain that. I just saw cells and stuff, so I was like, well, it's easy to put together. It's like, well, you're naked in a right. zoo. You probably went also, to Also, when they found him, they did the X-Files flashlight thing, where it, like, catches the glare of the flashlight the camera does, which is something the X-Files became really, really well known oh. for. And I almost wonder if, like, some cinema- cinematographers from the X-Files got that idea from this movie. Yeah, I wonder. I did. I mean, everyone's gonna Honestly, hate me. Honestly, this whole movie feels like an X Files episode. I've never watched a single episode of the X Files. Well, that's stupid. You should correct that immediately. In my entire life, that's I don't very. Think. That's Maybe, very. Dumb. I mean, I don't know. You should add that to your it's, rotation. Uh, Twilight Zone. I, uh, fucking Tales from the oh, Crypt and X Files. You should do. You should do that. Oh, that would be fun, dude. I'll fucking do every one of those episodes. I fucking love X Files. <laughs> oh, I'm super down. I've been wanting to get into X Files because everything I hear about, it, I'm like, I can't imagine I wouldn't oh, love it. So I great. just, I've just never watched it. But no, you know what? I'm down. Like, I'm trying to finish Tales from the Crypt soon so I could do another show. And I was trying to figure out what it was. I'm down to just finish Fuck it and yeah, like switch dude. that to X Files. Sure. I would love to do that. Let's just do some marathons and get Tales done really fast so we can do X Files. <laughs> we'll do like a fucking like eight hour marathon and just watch like That'd a be bunch fun. of them. And be I'd like, do all right, that. we're getting all this out. It'll just be a long ass <laughs> episode, and they'll be like, all right, X Files now. Go. Okay, so she picks him up from jail. She takes him home, and he starts telling her about the incident a little bit. He's like, I don't really remember everything, but, like, I felt like I was turning into a monkey. <laughs> and then Mason shows up, and he's like, hey, uh, there was a monkey let loose in the chamber last night, and he nearly cured a security guard, killed a security guard. And then Emily turns around, she's like, T- tell him about the monkey stuff you were telling me about. And he's standing at the end of the hallway, and you can't see him. You just see his figure, and he's like, I already know what he's going to say about <laughs> What I think is funny, what I think is really funny here is Eddie starts recounting all of the events like everything's just perfectly normal. He's like, yeah, and then, you know, I turned into an ape man and 
I joined the zoo for a minute. Like he's acting like this is a normal night out. <laughs> like I said, he's so fucking on a different right. plane that like he doesn't care about these absurd things he's telling to people because he's just like, yeah, I experienced. Because he's just, like, at this point where he's fully okay with everything he's saying, because he's like, yeah, this is fucking true, and I'm smart enough to know that everything that happened, happened. <laughs> so, like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't even worry about coming off as crazy no. to people. He's like, no, if you think I'm crazy, you're yeah, a fucking you're, idiot. you're fucking stupid. <laughs> Fuck. He just looks down on anyone who doesn't believe him. He's like, all right, idiot, stupid idiot, whatever, let me move on being you, smart. You big fucking dummy. <laughs> So everyone leaves, and Emily has, like, his files and his old recordings, yeah. so she starts looking into it, and it's pretty much, like, there's this one really cool recording where we, we hear it earlier in the movie, because he's in the tank, and you hear, like, a, or, like, something like that, and they're like, what was yeah. that? But they kind of just move on, and, you know, it's all happening real time, so they don't focus on it, they don't hear it again, but when she's listening to the recordings, you can very easily hear, like, he's making a monkey yeah. noise, and then everyone else is like... What the fuck was that? But it was also like, even though we heard it earlier, it was really cool listening to her hear it because it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Like now, now we know. That's on recording. Like that thing that happened earlier was there. It's good. So now we finally see the transition over the screen that they have like outside of the tank room because, right. you know, they're doing experiments. They're watching him inside of the tank, all the vitals, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And then like, he looks like he's turning into like sloth from the Goonies or like, the thing on the cover from From Beyond. From Beyond, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. But then when he starts turning more and more, I'm like, okay, no, that's Belial from Basket Case. <laughs> it does also kind of look like Belial. You're right. It is a mix from <laughs> From Beyond and Belial from Basket Case. Yeah. Like, the face is From Beyond. Right. The body is Basket yeah, Case. for sure. The presentation is fucking Belial, <laughs> for sure. And while he's transforming, like... My senses are going crazy in real life because there's yeah. lights flying everywhere. It's smoky Chicago. It's raining inside of the fucking building. It's raining. <laughs> there's Which a fucking like the little, whirlpool like, you know, forming. Sprinkler like... things or whatever. But, dude, when that whirlpool formed, <laughs> I was I was on a different plane. I felt like I was smart. <laughs> I was like, oh, something must have happened to my brain because, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, I feel like whoa. I'm somewhere else right now. Surreal. That's the word. Sir fucking real, dude. And also, wait. Emily is trying to run over to him while all these lights are flashing yeah. and everything's going on because she's trying to, like, save him. And Mason, he's trying to handle the situation. I get that. But he body slams her into a wall yeah. and knocks her out He gets cold. her out of the room. Yeah. No, he doesn't get her out of the room. He body slams her into a wall and knocks her out cold. Well, I mean... Just for a second, because she gets back up. She does. She gets back up, and then they're all knocked out, but I was like... Also, like, everyone just randomly getting knocked out. I thought they were dead. Like, every time someone got knocked out, I thought they, I died, thought they died. Well, dude, when Rosenberg was looking at the screen and it first started flashing and whatnot, it flashed really hard at one point, and he just fell straight. I thought he was dead. He fell straight back. I thought it was some Halloween 3 shit. You're right. The screen exploded. He just fell straight back, and I was like, oh, yeah. He just died. He just, he just witnessed all of creation in a moment, and his brain could not take it, and he is dead now. He literally witnessed the caveman being born in front of his <laughs> eyes and just fucking died. Yeah, that's what I thought. Just died. He witnessed the creation of mankind and Chicago, <laughs> and he just died. He just fucking died immediately. Because those two things go hand in fucking hand. <laughs> Holy shit. So she wakes up, and when she gets back into the room, like we said, everyone's knocked out cold. The glow inside of the chamber is going crazy. And then he turns into Belial. 
and then um, he sounds like, like Belial like, too. He's he, like, or like maybe like Ditto from Pokemon. If you're not familiar with Belial, he kind of looks sure, like a Ditto yeah. with a weird From Beyond face. Just look up From Beyond <laughs> and just add that face onto Ditto, and that's basically. Don't what he that's is. fucking nightmare fuel. <laughs> Dude, we should make that meme. That sounds terrifying. Actually, putting that face on a Ditto. Oh god, I'll get to work on it. Oh yeah, we got to make that. That's fucking scary. Um. Yeah, so it takes a turn right here, because not only is he Belial, he's weird, glitchy, static Belial. Yeah. It's like TV static inside of him, and he's, like, turning different yeah, colors. Yeah, he's just a crazy Cronenbergian body horror nightmare of flesh. That That's the perfect explanation. Yeah. He's a Cronenberg yeah. creature. Yeah. He's a... Uh, what are those called again? I don't know. I call them Cronenbergs. <laughs> what did they call him in Rick and Morty? Remember in that Rick and Morty episode? I think they just episode? call them Cronenbergs. They did just call them Cro- <laughs> Yeah, they were just Cronenbergs, huh? This is okay, the fucking yeah, Cronenberg right. universe. <laughs> That makes sense. That makes sense. I was like, why am I not remembering this? Because it's the word I'm saying yep, currently. that's the one. And I'm thinking it's not that. Okay. So, and then things get very Ken Russell again. Eddie becomes one with the universe. This time I felt like I took a boat ride through the inside of a bloody asshole that ejaculated me straight into space until I blew up and turned into a red blood cell on an avocado. Sounds about right. And then I just got really sad because we cut to Emily and she's, like, crying, having a mental breakdown. Okay, we should just mention the whirlpool a little more. There's a giant whirlpool. Giant crazy. whirlpool with lights. Then I got really sad because Emily starts crying. She's having a mental breakdown because Eddie doesn't love her anymore, and she can't stop thinking about him. She's like, I'm obsessed with him. I'm sleeping with other people, but all I think about is him, blah, right. blah, blah. Just really fucked up when you know, like, because we know as audience members how much she does not care about right. anything. So the next few minutes, pretty entertaining, but not very easy to replicate. Because it consists of very fast science arguments. I wrote down, at one point I think someone said, an an inexplicable scientific physiological phenomenon. And I was like, what the fuck That is what they said on repeat the entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) The entire time, that's all I ever heard from them. (laughs) So I guess we should should say Emily saves him from the the pool of flesh. Her love rescues him, brings him back. And then she has a whole thing where she's sad, right. but then they end up staying together that night. And then in the morning, he tells her that she's everything he needs, but then he's like, but I can't stand this pain anymore. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's being real ominous, and then he walks into the other room, and then she looks at him, his arms boiling again. Yeah. And she's like, oh, nope, don't you fuck it. She's basically just like, Don't Stop. do it. Stop Don't that. do it, ape man. She's like, I, I know what you're trying to do. Quit being an asshole, <laughs> all right? We've been through this before. Quit being a fucking dick, Eddie. You were already a fucking primordial world whirlpool and i saved you from the brink of existence <laughs> fucking cut it out first you're a whirlpool now you're a boil you th- this thing's gotta stop stop it with the sci-fi bullshit all these tribes these tribulations and i'm here and you're there and i don't know which way is up or down <laughs> we're supposed to be settling down and raising our fucking children eddie <laughs> and where Drew Barrymore. I haven't seen her in a week. Seriously, where the fuck is she? Look, where are their kids while all of this is happening? That's the biggest question. This dude's turning into a boil Lyle, fucking in a whirlpool, and where the fuck is Drew Barrymore? Also, how the fuck does that happen to him? And then they're just like, just go home and sleep it off, Ed. No big deal. The kids are with grandma for the night. It's fine. (laughs) Like, why aren't Mason and fucking 
Rosenberg like <gasps> there to be like monitoring him the whole time. No, no, no. Look, look, look. I get why Rosenberg isn't there. He doesn't give a <gasps> shit. He lets fucking Eddie do whatever the That's hell he true. wants. But Mason, like, Mason should be there freaking out and screaming. He in like his calls face. later on, but like it's too little, too late, my guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Don't a phone call. He calls Emily and he goes, "How's it going with him?" And she goes, "Hey, how's it going with you?" And he's like, "Fine." She's like, "Fine." He goes, "Okay, <laughs> bye." <laughs> Yeah, that covers it. <laughs> Fucking Mason. Like, Maybe he's just had enough. Like Mason, he doesn't even want to play anymore. Mason, like, seems to care so much, but so little at the same time. Like, he's not trying that hard. This is oh, this is the fuck. part that I struggle with. You're going to have to help me get to the end of this movie, because I don't even know what I watched. This is the part that I've been waiting 15 fucking years to talk about. <laughs> oh my god. So his shit starts boiling. She tells him to defy it. She runs over and she touches his hand. And when she does, it turns her into a fucking molten volcanic human. She's like a lava person. Like, it is so bold to know that those effects exist and to use them. <laughs> Ken Russell's a fucking god, dude. No one else would be that bold. <laughs> We're going to turn you into a lava person, because we can. And then his face starts turning from beyond and Belial. He glitches, and dude, okay, let me let me reveal it. This is the reveal. For 15 years, I have tried to figure out what movie was being referenced in the tst episode of South oh Park. God. If you don't know which episode that is, that's the Caesar Milan episode where Cartman is getting too out of control and his mom calls a bunch of nurses. They call a Skeksis from fucking Dark Crystal. <laughs> also why I love that episode, a Skeksis is one of the Dannys. They call all of them, none of them work, so she calls Caesar Milan to take care of Eric Cartman. And in this episode, at one point, Cartman gets really pissed and he decides that he needs to stab his mom in the face because she's being a dick and won't let him do what he wants. <laughs> so he goes over to her, her room, goes to put a pillow on her face and stab her in the face. And then he starts like glitching out a little bit. And part of his glitching in the beginning is like his face coming out of it. It's another move, another big movie, too, which probably is a little more well known than this. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head right now. Maybe I'll look it up and I'll shout out in a second. But that starts happening. And then he runs out into um he runs out into the hallway. And when he runs out in the hallway, he starts glitching and turning different colors mm. and like this TV static goes all yeah. over him and he's like he starts saying like I can control this. I can't control this. She I can't let her do what I want. Blah 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 blah. All these other things. And he's like pounding on the wall. I was gonna say if every... he's pounding, it's definitely it. Every time he pounds, his color yep. changes. Like he turns like purple, blue, red, neon green, all these yeah. other things, still with this TV static on him. I never knew what that was, but I knew it had to be a movie because Trey Parker and Matt Stone in nearly every single episode of South Park, they are always Yeah, they're referencing something. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they're giant movie buffs, and I'm not kidding, dude. They've seen more movies than probably anyone in the world, because when they're just talking about movies or referencing them or putting them into, like, episodes, these guys have seen fucking yeah. everything, like, obscure movies, weird movies, crazy movies, like, fucking love movies, like, all this <laughs> other stuff. They've seen everything. So I knew that this had to be a movie, and I had no idea what it was. Really, it turns out that there is a little thing on IMDb that has, says, like, um... So when you go on IMDb, I don't know where to find it on the computer version, like on the desktop version, 
But when I go on to my phone, there's a little thing called connections, and it'll show you like oh. what things are connected to the sure, episode. Sure, that's cool. The the movie where his face starts like coming out of his face and he's talking to himself is from Contact. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen yeah, Contact. I vaguely remember that. I know the scene because I've seen the clip from Contact before right. where it like came out and whatnot, so I never cared about that part as much. I actually used to think for a long time that it was from the same movie. I kind of just assumed right. that it was like from... like I didn't really know what Contact was that much, but I knew that it was like a movie where that came from. I thought it was the same sure. thing, and then it blew my mind when it turns out it's fucking Altered States altered of Ken States, Russell movie. man. See, that's why Trey Parker and Matt Stone are awesome. They know cool people like Ken Russell. Right. So yeah, that's what happens there. It's the same thing if you've ever seen the South Park episode, the tst episode with Caesar <laughs> Milan, the ending where he's banging on the walls and glitching out and all that, it is a direct like shot for shot remake of what happens <laughs> at the end of Altered of Altered States. Okay, is there a lava monster? Um so the it's only Cartman in the hallway, so it's gotcha, just his gotcha. side of it. He's like the he's He's being um, fucking Eddie, you know, like yeah, he's right. banging on the walls. He's Belial, all that, like kind of yeah. just transforming and like, it's so good. And now like I, that was one of my favorite episodes of South Park forever, even now more so now. Is. Whenever yeah. I watch that scene <laughs> now, I am not going to be able to stop thinking about how fucking cool it is that it's from Altered States. That's great. And that's the end of the movie, really. Like um, they glitch out and whatnot. And he does this whole thing where she's like, you know, before she was like, you got to try, you got to like figure it out. Like you can control this, blah, blah, blah. He controls it. He gets out of it. And then he goes up to her. She's basically fucking dying in this like right. lava body that she's in. But he goes over after he turns back into human. He touches her and then she turns human again. They like hug and, you know, they're thankful for each other. And that's pretty much it. But side note, when they turn back into human... The shot is um them they're both naked and they're hugging each other mm -hmm. and the shot is behind Blair Brown and I'm just gonna get a little sex real quick shout out Blair Brown because her ass was fucking busting your shit looked incredible your ass was ten out of ten the greatest butt I've ever seen in my life Blair Brown you should be so happy that you look that incredible you had that little dimple on the side of your butt the little curve going the little like the thickness going the little like bubble butt and that shit was was perky and everything damn Blair Brown you went crazy I love you I do remember that scene happening and, and I, I literally I think I did say out loud I was like damn Emily like, <laughs> didn't know that was going on Ooh, <laughs> damn all the feminists are really mad at me right now but oh my god this is look just take it this is a compliment if none other Blair especially 1980 Blair when, when women with asses weren't in movies no one cared about butts at the time. It was all about boobs until, like, fucking 2015 or something like that. And to have a booty that banging in 1980. <laughs> Blair Brown, you're awesome. You're great. I just want to compliment. Like, I just want you to know that, like, if you ever had any insecurities, you are fucking gorgeous. You <laughs> this are is, this a This is the sincerest, sincerest compliment. <laughs> look, look, like... All respect, with all respect, do like I was drooling. I was fucking drooling. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, the first time I watched this, I gave this a four. The second time I watched this, I was thinking four and a half. Talking about this, I'm uh -oh. giving it a five star. I love this. I'm giving, dude. This is a perfect movie. Dang, this is a perfect movie. Like. Because I just watched it two weeks ago, too, 
or maybe a week ago, probably like a week ago. And I had so much fun watching it the second time that I was the whole time I was thinking it, I was like, this is my kind of movie. Like, this is my kind of movie through and fucking through. It's exciting. It's crazy. It's weird. Like, the dialogue is incredible. I don't know. I love it. Like, the effects, everything. This is a perfect movie. So good. I, I hate to just, like, agree. And I also hate to not go with my original answer and to go with what I feel after talking about it. I hate when I do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep my original, which was four. But that's with the notes of after talking about it, I do want to watch it again. Because after I watch it again, it might be a five. <laughs> a second watch is very needed with this because, like, even though we said a million times, you don't need to pay attention to the dialogue. It's not like all necessary for the movie to be what it is. When you understand a little more and you're able to just watch it, knowing the things that you already do after seeing it the first time, especially after talking about it right now. Right. I feel like even you might say like this is a fucking perfect movie. And knowing that if I watch it again, I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take notes. You know that that kind of makes it different too. It makes it very different, and I don't know, just the whole thing too that. Everything seemed to be against this. Ken Russell came to this late in the game. He yeah, was, I love the story fuck, behind it. The fact that he's just kind of patronizing someone <laughs> with this movie, and like it's literally what a was movie the that he again? made fifteen million. He's he's being a patronizing asshole on a fifteen million dollar budget, dude. I respect the fuck out of that. There's so many times where I'm like, you could have done so much more with this giant fucking budget movie. This dude had a $15 million budget. His entire intent was to piss off the person that wrote it, and it turned out incredible. It's a great fucking movie. It's still a great fucking movie. Everything like that goes into that just makes me love this more and more. I still I, wish the title yeah. was like Ape Man or something, but that's just me. I kind of love it too, though, because... When you think about it, like, altered states, he altered himself so much that he turned into a monkey. He altered that state. That's for sure. Dude, like, he is in a different state, for sure. <laughs> it is altered. I get. I love it. I love everything about this movie. has been altered. I love how I found this movie. I love the lore. I love how I watched the trailer. I just, I love my experience of talking about this for so long and then finally watching it and just yeah. loving every second of it. Like, and it tying into, like, again... I wanted to know what movie was based off that South Park, or That's what great. movie was referenced in that South Park episode for 15 years. That episode came out in 2006, and I saw it the night it aired. And since that day, you're like, what the fuck I is have that? wondered what movie that was. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. I don't know. I love this story. I love just how this went. I love this episode. I had so much fun talking about this. I had so much fun. That's the thing, too, is like, it, it's not a hard movie to talk about. You know, no, not at all. Dude. There's, I could. There's so many things that happen on this ride. If I wasn't trying to keep this under two hours, and it's already like at two hours, the video is yeah. at two hours, the audio is going to be like an hour forty-five or something like that. If I wasn't trying to keep this shorter, this could have been a four-hour episode just because of how much fun I like. There's so so many intricacies that you could just keep so going many. on about. It's a great movie, and you know what's crazy too? No kills. No kills. Damn, you're right. Not- not a single kill. No, well, I mean like the security guards security almost guards. died, but they didn't die. That's right, they don't die. No, they didn't die. They were near death. Just none a, of them died. Just a komodo dragon and a a sheep. But at the same time, too, like it's so weird because a lot of times when I see no kills, I'm like, is it a horror movie? But I still feel like like this is definitely very much more sci-fi thriller than it is horror side of it. But like 
I still feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just the fact that he's a monkey fucking beating people up and stuff, and, like, he murdered a lizard and, like, all those, like, just real, just Ken Russell, like, hell, devil, religion kind of things. It oh, just yeah. makes it feel very horror anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's just more, It's we don't get new stories like this that are, like, kind of like Frankenstein or Dracula or, like, I referenced Wolfman earlier with the transformation. We don't get a lot of these types of movies and then be new like they're not based off of something already, which I mean, this was based off of a book. So you could say that. But like, you know, we don't the scientist who kind of drives himself mad and then he himself becomes the monster. Like usually that's just a Frankenstein movie or just a Wolfman movie to have something that's not a known property that has that type of story, I think is really unique. I guess I want to give, like, all the credit to Ken Russell, but I guess if we're talking about that side of it, shout out Patty, you know? Shout out Patty. Shout out Patty, because that is, I mean, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. This is a very, very, very original story through and through. And, like, even, it came out, what, 42 years ago? I don't know anything that's even close to being similar to this movie. No, I couldn't. I pick another movie. I can't put this next to anything. Is there a single (laughs) movie that you can think of that you're like, okay, like, I could say, like, maybe a double feature with this or something, like, toss on another Ken Russell movie, sure. Sure, yeah. What is in the same realm as this? Aside from other Ken Russell movies. The only thing that slightly goes there for me is maybe something like uh, Jacob's Ladder, which is another one of those, like, it's not actually a horror movie. But a lot of horror movies reference it and reference the style of what it did, you know? It's kind of like that, where it's maybe not a horror movie, but it's had a huge impact on the horror genre, for sure. Okay, so let's move on to this other part. Um, I found one Letterboxd review that I really liked. They didn't rate it or anything, but they said, that feeling when you can't get over your ex, so you become the universe instead. (laughs) And this got me thinking... That's this movie is the same plot of the lawnmower man or that specifically is the same plot of the lawnmower man, (laughs) except Jeff Fahey couldn't get over the death of his monkey. So he became the universe, right? It's a perfect parallel to this. In this, he couldn't get over his ex, so he became a monkey, which was the universe. <laughs> Jeff Fahey couldn't get over the death of his monkey. So he became the universe. It's like it's like reversed. <laughs> Shout out Lawnmower Man. So fucking good. Another movie I love. Yeah. <laughs> Another movie I really love. Okay. So Roger Ebert, he gave this three and a half stars. All right. Not too bad. He very much enjoyed it. He, but side note, he gave the Devils, I think, one star. <laughs> Which I think is bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you, Roger Ebert. That's not a one-star movie. He was, re- I think he was just really pissed off about a lot of the crazy shit that was going on, but I'm like, dude, that's right. a good movie. The it's stuff a really good movie. He probably was mad about the stuff that we liked about it. He was definitely mad about all the stuff we liked about it, because I read his <laughs> review, and he was mad about every single thing I enjoyed about the movie. Right. So he was definitely just being very in his ways on that one, and I don't think, I think he didn't like all the all the like negative religious allegory and sure. stuff like that. I don't know like how religious Roger Ebert was or if he just like, you know, takes some of it like a little bit seriously just because of the art of filmmaking or what it is, but he didn't like those aspects of it. Yeah. 
And he kind of, like, he put that into his review of this, too. He was like, well, even though Ken Russell's other movies, like The Devils and this and this, were shit, Altered States comes back. And I was like, that's a little wrong. <laughs> but, like, okay, that's fine. But what he's, his two, uh, the two excerpts that I really liked were, some of the movie's best dialogue passages are deliberately staged with everybody talking at once. It doesn't matter what they're saying, only that they're incredibly serious about it. I can tell myself intellectually that this movie is a fiendishly constructed visual and verbal roller coaster, a movie deliberately intended to overwhelm its audiences with sensual excess. I know all that, and yet I was still overwhelmed and I was caught up in its headlong energy. Yeah. That's great. Sounds about That's right. That's great. That's a perfect descriptor. Yep. I mean, like, fuck you, Roger, for giving the devils a one star, <laughs> but the dude can fucking write. The dude can fucking yeah, write, dude. He can. And then he says, Altered States is a superbly silly movie, a, magnif- a magnificent, I almost said malignant, entertainment, and a clever and brilliant machine for making us feel awe, fear, and humor. That is enough. It's pure movie and very little meaning. Did I like it? Yeah, I guess I did. But I wouldn't advise trying to think about it very deeply. I kind of love that. I I love, right? and I love him saying it's it's a pure movie. It's like, a pure movie. I like, kind of had that experience. Yeah, like even just the other day, I was um, we had just kind of like got a new little home theater set up or whatever, and I was like, man, I just want to watch a movie. Like, like it, I don't want to specifically watch a horror movie. I don't want to specifically watch you know, a drama or something. I just want to watch a movie and something that invokes feeling emotion. Like all these other things. Like it's just, it is a, it's a ride. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It's, uh, I love it. I love it. This is a bowl of ramen. There's a giant thumbs up. Absolutely. A bowl of ramen. Incredible movie. If you rate this under four stars, you're a piece of shit. (laughs) You're a piece of shit. Just watch it again or something. Yeah, I don't watch know, it because you got you miss something in this if you're rating it under four stars. <laughs> I'd recommend the fuck out of this to anyone. If you're a light horror fan, a big horror fan, you like weird things, you like cool things. I think there's a movie for everyone. Oh, because it's a pure movie. It's an action it movie. Is, it's a sci-fi yeah. movie. It's kind of a comedy. It's it's everything. It has everything you could ever want in something that you're watching. Anything that you want in entertainment. This fucking has it. This is entertainment it. at its core. Yep. So fuck Mary Kill. You have the monkey. You have the glitch Belial, and you have Caesar Milan. No me today, James. <laughs> okay. Switch it up, baby. Um, I will kill Belial. That just seems like Ugh. the right thing to do. Um, technically, it's the same person as the other person too. But whatever. I know. <laughs> Different versions. Different versions. Um. Fuck. You know what? I'm going to take it back. <laughs> you thought about Caesar Milan, huh? I'm going to kill Caesar Milan. <laughs> I will kill Caesar you Milan. You fuck Belial? I will fuck Belial. Oh, let's go! And I will marry the gorilla man. And we were, we're going to have a wonderful life together. <laughs> let's fucking go! Some I I Tarzan the Eugene kind of right shit. Answer, James. Thank you. <laughs> the only correct answer. <laughs> Fuck yeah. There it is. Oh guys, but that was altered states. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. This is 
I know I've said this a fair amount in the past few months for like episodes I've had fun recording, but this was like the most fun I've had recording. I don't know if it was just because of my love for this movie so much and how excited I was to talk about it, but yeah, that that was it because it has nothing to do with me. It's because the movie's fucking great. That's that's the that's the real kicker here. So guys, if you enjoy the show, leave a five star review because it helps a lot. It helps us get on the Spotify charts. I don't know if we are or not. I don't really know how to look at those, but it also helps us stay in the iTunes charts. If you didn't know, we are a chart topping show. We're not really topping. I think we're like forty or something like that. But we're always on the charts. <laughs> You're on the chart. You know, but I I could you know I'm chart topping though because Scream is always at the top of the charts. So you know I'm chart topping, but but Horse Soup is doing pretty good too. It's <laughs> thanks to you guys, and I appreciate it. So help us stay on the charts. You know, give us a lot of five star reviews or whatnot. And if you like the show and you want more than ten episodes of bonus content a month, like we said, did you fucking hear me in the beginning? There's more than ten. There's a fucking lot. Go check out patreon.com slash horrorsoup where you can find polls, movie commentary, full bonus episodes, extra Amityville-based content, and the entire backlog of the show that I do with James, I'll Suck Your Blood. It's all the old episodes. There's like 20-something of them. That's a whole fucking... That's a whole, like... I just spilled a beer. That's a whole podcast right there. I'll clean it in a second. It's not anything important. I'll just finish this out real quick. Completely improvised horror movies, the ability to pick a movie for me to discuss on the show, and much more. Um... And just thank thank you to everyone who listens and all that other stuff. You guys are all awesome. Shout out Night Shift Video. Shout out Scaraholic. Shout out Morbid. Shout out fucking uh, Spooky Tuesday. Shout out Halloween is Forever. Shout out fucking uh 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 what's that other one that um 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 um, um that um Devonte showed us recently? The goat was it? Two girls, one ghost. I have no idea. I don't think it was. But shout out two girls, one ghost. Shout out everyone else. Shout out all the cool people. And to keep up with everything Horror Soup, follow the Instagram at Horror Soup, which I'm most active on. Uh, James is at Night Shift Video on Instagram. Uh, we're doing great things on TikTok at Horror Soup and at Night Shift Video. We're on Letterboxd at Horror Soup Caleb and at Night Shift Video. My Twitter's at Horror Soup Sucks. Um, and send any inquiries to Horror Soup at Yahoo.com. Search for Horror Soup on YouTube. Nice shit video on YouTube. I'm on Twitch and Cameo at Horror Soup. And thank you to Tom, a.k.a. the Mute Members Only Club, and Ross Lee for the intro and outro music on this episode. And thank you to James. Thanks, James. Thanks, Caleb. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup. Give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it horror soup. Horror soup. Would you like some bread? I'll do you a slice with a pinch of salt. It'll taste really nice. You've done really well, cause this stuff tastes just like hell. Swallow it down, it'll fill up a hole. Stick out your tongue and look out your bowl. We're having a bite with creatures of the night. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup, give it, give it horror soup, horror soup, horror soup, will keep you well fed, it's gorgeous smell, could wake the dead, vegetable is just forgettable, if your energy's low, you know what to do, simply double on down some of the spooky stew, the wine and dine Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup, give it, give it, give me horror soup, baby, grubs up, baby, grubs up, give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup, give it, give it horror soup.